Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. <clears throat> so today we're going to <clears throat> uh, complete uh, equanimity. <clears throat> May we have complete equanimity. <clears throat> Uh, we'll finish the, the categories and uh, go to uh, equanimity for all beings. <clears throat> I just wanted to say a few words um, first. <clears throat> I wanted to um, see what had been said up until now, the last couple of days. Uh, so I, I decided to, to listen to... Um, Andrea and uh, Bonnie's uh, teachings and um, listen to some of the questions particularly that that came up for people and I first wanted to uh, say that uh, I was touched by one of the questions at the end of the session yesterday and wanted to make a comment uh, when the, the person asked about or was saying how challenging it can be to have equanimity for um, children and innocent people who uh, who are experiencing suffering, and yeah, it really is. And I I wanted to share a bit of um, my own experience with that and and the power of equanimity. As, as has been said, um, some understanding of karma is underlying um, the, the equanimity practice. Although, I don't know if it's been mentioned here or not, but not everything can be attributed to karma. Has it been mentioned? No. Not, not everything. There are a number of different circumstances from natural disasters to accidents uh, to certain um, bodily um, functions that you can't attribute it all and say, oh, that's because so-and-so did this. It's, and as the Buddha said, um, Karma is one of the, the, the imponderables. You'll go crazy if you try to f understand why is this happened to this, to this person. But just first to know that not everything can be attributed to that. And if you have a, a sense of um, rebirths, many, many, we've been doing this for a long time, or at least the what has taken rebirth from each of our streams of of being has happened over countless times. And the Buddha talks about um, higher than than the highest mountain than Mount Meru are the the bones, the uh, the, the skeletons of all the incarnations that you, all the rebirths that you've taken or greater than the all four oceans are the the tears that you've that you've shed over countless lifetimes so 
that puts things into a much bigger perspective and saying, you know, why this seems so unfair. <laughs> We're all in a process of growing and developing and even the, the Buddha when he was enlightened after, um, when bef- at, at his enlightenment he looked back and saw a hundred thousand incarnations uh, where he was learning hard lessons and, and not always uh, acting skillfully. So first to just, if you can open to that perspective, it kind of lightens things up from the unfairness, but uh, a sense of a natural development. The key thing is if one is facing in the right direction. Um, but what I really wanted to share was my own experience in, in doing the equanimity practice. It happened uh, many years ago, about 20 years ago now, um, when I was doing a, a six-week period of Brahma-Vihara practice. And when I got to the equanimity uh, practice, um, at first it seemed a little cool you know, maybe you've had that experience. You're the owner of your karma, your happiness or happiness, unhappiness depends on your actions, not on my wishes for you. It is a, a kind of like, my mind went, whoa, you know, just here I'd been feeling loving kindness and compassion and sympathetic joy. And then it was, you know, it's just the way it is. You know? And there was a part of me that was saying, good luck. but then as I as I got more and more in touch with the depth of it especially as it's held in compassion and love and and joy as has been said here it really allows for there to be a centeredness in the midst of that feeling of connection. And so I kind of, then I really got into it. It was like, wow, how, what a relief to realize that it's not up to me to rescue everybody. Uh, And I had this one sitting where I was really getting into it and had uh, one, one person after another in my mind, this is just what happened in, in, in the practice, sit in a, a chair in front of me in my mind and just really telling them the good news. You, know, oh, you are the owner of your karma, your happiness, unhappiness depends on your actions, not on my wishes for you. you know, oh, it was like inviting them to see, oh, there's a possibility if you if you understand cause and effect. And, you know, one after another person, loved one, uh, would get into the chair. And then after some time, my 10-year-old son popped up into the chair. And that had a very different feel to it. All of a sudden, it was hard for me to get out the words Adam, you are the owner of your karma. Your happiness and unhappiness depends on your actions, not on my wishes for you. And then I proceeded for the next hour or more, hour and a quarter, 
least, to have what I, I call my clockwork orange sitting. If you ever saw the movie Clockwork Orange, they program, brainwash this, the, the, the protagonist, open-eyed, seeing all of these horrible images. And I saw drug addiction, your happiness and unhappiness depends on your actions, not on my wishes for you. Disease, accidents, one after another, and each one it was like, oh, that too. Your happiness and unhappiness depends on your actions, not on my wishes for you. And this is a, the, the f first part of the sitting was really I felt like I was in that movie, Clockwork Orange. Oh, this too. This too I have to accept. This too. And after all of this time, you, you know, the mind does create all the horrific images once you kind of get on a roll. Um, <laughs> but by little by little, as I went through it all, I, um, I started to get on that level as much as I loved this guy and as much as I'd want to protect him from suffering, I couldn't do it and it's not up to me to do it, that he has his own karmic journey to make and the phrase turned into, for me, this is what it became and what I sometimes use, I honor your life's journey. That he will learn all the lessons that he needs to learn just like I needed to and, and you realize that the people in your life who you love need to learn. That's part of the deal. How else could we learn? And there was a, it really shifted my, my relationship to being the protective parent. Yeah, I'd do what I could to protect him, but these things happen. And there was uh, a real relief and freedom and more trust, you know, as long as he was not in a self-destructive mode, I could come to rest and say, I can't protect him. And even if he was in a self-destructive mode, that's his journey. Fortunately, that's not how it went. So I just offer that to you, particularly if you're having a hard time letting go of being equanimous with those that you really care about. Um, there's a real freedom in allowing them to just have the life that they do and for you to care as deeply as you can and just um, honor their journey and know that they're learning the lessons that they need to in this lifetime. And just a couple of more things and then we'll get to the all beings. So as I mentioned before, it's uh, in the talk on equanimity, it's about a spaciousness in seeing just the wider perspective and here we are on this planet, in this world, 
and learning as you've been doing here for the for these weeks to open up to the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows. That's the deal. If you've had a retreat that's just been blissful from beginning to end, you know, appreciate your good karma, but you might not have you know, the, the marrow of practice, as Suzuki Roshi says, going through the downs as well as the ups and seeing you can be here for the ride. And so we have a mini course in learning to open up to the whole show life here on this planet. And if you, if you know about the different realms of, of um, existence in Buddhist cosmology, the six different realms from uh, Deva realm and Titan realm and human realm and animal realm and hungry ghost realm and hell realm. The human realm is the optimal one to wake up to, even better than the heaven realms, the higher realms, because we have the balance between pain and joy. Between, between birth and death, between joy and sorrow. And so we, that's how we can free ourselves by learning to open up to all of it. So with that in mind, we can uh, do the equanimity practice and, and hold all the caring that we've been developing over these, these weeks. <clears throat> and when we do the practice, we're doing it both, in some ways, we're, we're learning to have equanimity as we open up to another category and find a balance allowing others to experience whatever they do. And sometimes the equanimity can be done uh, wishing balance for, for others. Although, Really, the development of equanimity in ourselves is to just allow things to be as they are, which is one of my main phrases, equanimity phrases, besides the classical ones, the classical one that you've been working with. And I know Bonnie gave a number of other alternatives and and, uh, Andrea did uh, a few as well. But just simply noticing, oh, things are as they are or Ajahn Sumedho's uh, beautiful pithy, pith instruction, it's like this. Oh, this moment is like this. It just allows it to be how it is. Connected, but spacious and allowing. So uh, with that, I invite you to find a posture that you can be connected inside. And again, you might first connect with your heart center. Let your attention rest there and maybe breathing in and out through the heart center just to soften, open, make space for it all. 
I'm breathing in a, a spirit of goodwill and radiating it out. And along with the goodwill, a feeling of connection and heartfulness, see if you can also get in touch with access a center, a centeredness that is strong, that is allowing, that is trusting enough to let go of the illusion of control. That is just cultivating a capacity to let things be just as they are. You might imagine yourself a Buddha. You are a Buddha. Just imagine you are embodying the qualities of a Buddha that sees all the suffering in the world and still can have a smile or a, a deep acceptance or the archetype of Kuan Yin that's here for all the sorrows, responds with a balance and ease. Hearing and feeling and responding to the sorrows and the sufferings in the world but with a knowing spaciousness that responds while being deeply centered and balanced. Realizing that things are just as they are. And if something can be done, we can be an agent of that. And if nothing can be done, we can feel a care and connection and equanimity. This is the way of things. And you might first bring to mind someone who you feel a connection with, whether it's a dear friend or a benefactor, someone who you really naturally wish to be happy. 
and bring this, this spirit of equanimity to that care. Whether it's the classic phrases or other ones, you are the heir of your karma, the owner of your karma. Your happiness and unhappiness depends on your choices, your actions, not on my wishes for you. Sometimes there's an additional word that uh, is used. You are the owner of your karma. Your happiness unhappiness depends on your choices, your actions, not solely on my wishes for you. But let go of the idea that it's up to you to save or rescue. I honor your life's journey. Things are the way they are. Whichever words resonate with you, I care about you and cannot prevent you from suffering. And you can also wish balance for them. May you accept things just as they are. May you have balance as you go through life. Now I'll be quiet for a few moments in this category and just whatever of those phrases or just that spirit that feels the connection and Let's go of the control. 
and finding a center in the middle of it. May I have balance. can probably feel the care and if you can get in touch feeling the relief in letting go knowing that you are the connection is still there and just easing that illusion of control It's creating a lot of space in the heart. Feel a centeredness in your posture as you bring that, that spirit. Now we'll have these same kinds of thoughts uh, towards the difficult. Which is just as important to open to so that you're not adding aversion, ill will, and saying it with a spirit of goodwill. You are owner of your karma, your happiness, unhappiness, depends upon your choices and actions, not solely on my wishes for you. Wishing them well 
but letting go of needing for them to get it from you and fixing them. They too have their own journey to make. and their own karma that is being created. I honor your journey. May you find balance as you go through life. May I find balance as I reflect on who you are. And again, I'll be quiet for a while and see if you can find that same balance as you send these kinds of thoughts. <clears throat> as you bring balance, thinking about this challenging person This is part of life as well. It doesn't preclude fierce compassion or courageous action, but whatever actions come from us, coming from a balanced place, a centered place, a fearless place, without ill will.
and a bit towards yourself. <clears throat> You've been doing this uh, as you as you've been bringing the other categories, you've been cultivating equanimity towards yourself. And just more consciously, may I have balance as I go through life? May I have the courage to change the things I can and the serenity to accept the things I can't and the wisdom to know the difference. And then finally, we can open up to all beings. So from your own center, including all of us here, may we all find balance in our lives. May we all Learn to accept things just as they are. And just radiating out to include all the beings and creatures and people on this land may all find balance in their life. I, earn, I honor each being's journey. and continuing to radiate out throughout the Bay Area and California. And throughout this country, may we find balance, may all find balance May I have equanimity 
with regard to all the living beings in this country. Honoring each one's journey. And then continuing to spread out <clears throat> throughout the whole planet all beings and beyond just seeing every being is part of the fabric of life the intricacies of karma too complex for the human mind to understand just allowing for it all May all beings find balance all are the owner of their karma their happiness and unhappiness depends on their choices and actions not on my wishes Again, I'll be quiet <clears throat> for the remainder of the period. See if you can just practice that allowing for things to unfold just as they do with regard to all beings or if you want to focus on a particular category or whatever Brahma Vihara feels right in this moment, or just coming back to the mindfulness practice and bringing that spirit of balance, opening to things just as they are.
So if you'd like, if there's any questions before we go for walking. Yeah. So I did fine when it was a person, another person. I could feel very equanimous and not responsible for their well-being. But when it came to all beings, I went into this narrative about we're probably not leaving a very good world for the beings not yet born and the ones after that. And so how can I say, it's sort of like your, your good luck, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> Where, you know, I feel like we do have responsibility. Oh, definitely. He said he was fine when it was just people, but when it came to all beings and seeing the what we're doing to this planet and to uh, creatures not yet born um it was it was harder and he said you know it seems that we we do have a responsibility yeah we absolutely have a responsibility um but what's the energy that we bring to our action if it's one of, uh, if it's coming from caring and love and compassion and courageous commitment, uh, your engagement is part of the unfolding of karma. So you do everything you can knowing that you've done your, your part to the best. You're in a, a much bigger web of karma. Yeah. You know, the, equanimity doesn't mean you just kind of, uh, you know, say good luck. Did I mention about the the Zen uh, the Zen story of the the guy who um, who was going to the Zen monastery and he saw the a destitute family? Did I mention that here? So there, there's a, a story of, so this, this fellow is walking to the, to the, to the monastery and he um, passes this family on the side of the road who are in bad situation, dire straits, you know, destitute. And he looks at them and, you know, feels, uh, his, his heart is touched. And then he goes to the Zen master and he says, he tell, talks about, you know, I saw this family. It was just so sad to see, to see their karma had brought them to these conditions. And the Zen master said, and how do you know it wasn't your karma to help them? Doesn't mean you don't have a part in this. We all have a part in it. And if we're coming from as much caring and love and centeredness in our actions, it'll be that much more effective. <clears throat> so. yeah. Yeah. Say, say again. Touches a deep pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my wish is so deep to 
Yes. So, I don't know, I'm not sure what I'm practicing here. Maybe I, I need a lot of self-compassion. Yeah. Yeah, she says for her the, 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 the equanimity doesn't feel cool at all. It touches a deep pain when she says, you know, I, I care about your suffering, but I can't, I can't take it away. I can't prevent you from having it. And it touches a pain and there's this reaction of, of wanting to, feeling like you want to do something and you can't. And yeah, that's the, um, that is the practice when it's around people that you care about. That's why equanimity is so powerful to hold that compassion. And there, so there's the, there's the ones that you love and the ones that you don't love. And equanimity is seeing just what your place is in relationship to them and what skillful action is. Um, and when you can do something, of course you do it. That's what, that's, we're wired up to care. You see somebody hurting and if you can do something about it, of course you, you respond. But when you can't take away their pain, your the, the, your, your breaking heart doesn't actually help them too much. If you're ever having a, a really hard time and somebody who cares about you is saying, oh, this is so terrible, this is tearing me apart, what can we do about it? <laughs> is that helpful? <laughs> then you gotta take care of them, right? <laughs> but if somebody is saying, oh, wow, this must be so it's so hard. I want you to know I care so much and I'm right here with you. But they're not trying to fix you or take it away. There's a real healing in just having them be there with you. And that's where the equanimity comes that's not trying to do more than is your job to do and is just there with a centeredness and a balance and a deep caring. Yes, Gisela. Well, again, it's responding, a wise response, a wise response that cares and that's centered. So remember, equanimity doesn't mean good luck. It's deeply caring, 
but somehow having a, a deep enough wisdom and a wide enough perspective that just sees things are as they are. You know, I, I, I've never, I'm not thought of it like this, but um, in some ways, uh, Manjushri is a kind of equanimity. Uh, Manjushri, if you, if you're in, you go in the council house, you'll see there's a big uh, tanka of this figure with a sword and he's, he's about to cut through. And that is the sword of discriminating wisdom that sees, and this is how it is, and cutting through the illusion or the confusion. Um, so th- that's where they, they go together. Uh, equanimity includes the other three. Okay, so um, huh, I was about to say good luck, but uh, <laughs> 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 may you find balance in your practice. <laughs> I say it with complete faith that you will get just what you need. Uh, things are the way they are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.